0: LinkedIn got a glow up. They redid their um, page layout. They look like they have a lo- new blue, new logo, new background color. It looks nice.
1: This is the, f- the part of TikTok that I detest. The worst thing that you could copy from TikTok and they copied it.
0: All the, all the products that I was looking at and bought are at the bottom of the privacy list.
1: The government basically Through in the towel.
0: It's like, it just feels like really bad marketing.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 30 Minute CMO podcast. My name is Gorsha Huchua, and I'm joined by my friend and partner, Alex McNamara. Good evening, Alex.
0: Hey, Gorsha, how are you doing?
1: Swell. Just well, it's, it's, well a, it's a heat wave here in LA. I'm wearing shorts and it just feels it? like this is not November. How does it feel in Portland?
0: Uh, <laughs> it is It is the opposite of that. It is a cold wave. I am not wearing shorts and it does definitely feel like November. So what I did was actually, I felt a little bit homesick because it felt a bit like London. So I just cooked a, a bangers and mash with an onion gravy and roasted Brussels sprouts. So it's amazing. It pretty Did you already consume that or is that still waiting for you? Already consumed. I even went over the... Because it got dark at 4.45. So I, you know, felt like I was eating at 8 and it was only 6. So, Uh,
1: You know what I feel like this is complemented well by? Um, We saw this at uh, Trader Joe's the other day, but it's traditional British pub in a box with, uh, box. (laughs) with all the Samuel Smith beers.
0: Oh, Sam Smith? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. In Trader Joe's.
1: In Trader Joe's.
0: Why don't you get some of those? Those are great.
1: <laughs> so uh this is not a plug for British beer, English food, or Trader Joe's. It is instead our weekly ad talk edition of the show. Um, it's a format where we discuss news and events in the world of marketing or in the world that's adjacent to marketing that we found to be the most inter- interesting. And we invite you to send us your thoughts and questions via LinkedIn and Instagram our handle there is at the 30 minute CMO all right now let's get on with the show Alex what do you have for us
0: well well you know as you were just saying talk to us on LinkedIn on Instagram let's go with LinkedIn and Instagram first LinkedIn got a glow up they redid their they um, page layout they look like they have a new blue new logo new background color it looks nice it looks really nice
1: it looks nice I, when I first opened it, I thought I opened the wrong app.
0: (laughs) Yes. Also that it kind of looks a bit like Facebook.
1: Yeah. Uh, But I agree. It looks nice. It looks clean. It makes uh, messaging a lot easier because they sort of unhit that and put that into its own little uh, section. I agree. It's it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice. It's a nice look. Way more modern than it was before. You don't realize yeah, how it, antiquated design is until new design is being is introduced, and then you're like, "Oh man, that thing was so old."
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it looks really good. It feels it definitely feels modern. It's got a lot of the rounded edges that that you know modern web design has. Um, the icons look good. Yeah, it just feels really nice. Um, the user experience still is the same, and it's still clunky most of the time. With you know the, the new post button that kind of appears all the time, it's it's kind of a bit. Bit broken, but it looks good. It feels good. Um, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of when, when Apple brought out the new iOS and they had the flat exactly. icons and they totally redesigned it. And everyone's like, oh, this is gross. And then a few weeks later, you look back at old screenshots and you're like, oh, that was really bad. This looks so much better.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the new Apple, uh, Mac OS, uh, I just upgraded my computer and everything now looks like an iPhone.
0: Really? Yeah. Would you have what new Sierra? Yeah, yeah Catalina.
1: No, oh, see, I believe it's Sierra. It's one of Kathleen. them. Who cares? Yeah. It's the new. It's one the new the OS. California they places. they they pushed it onto me the other day, and uh, they're basically blending the design of iOS with Mac OS, and everything yeah. looks like, uh, everything looks like my iPhone.
0: Yeah, because they kind of did that with the launchpad, and they had all the apps. Um, so like they're really sort of integrating that, yeah, <clears throat> iOS into into um os talking about updating from uh, I, I was gonna go somewhere it didn't really work but instagram um have uh recently brought some changes to the ux and they've got rid of the stories little button um but they've also taken away the like your, your activity thing at the bottom they've brought in reels our favorite instagram feature yes. reels and shopping into the bottom so that's really interesting. So in, in preparation for our record tonight, I spent some time on reels and it really feels like they just ripped off TikTok because it's basically building in a little you know TikTok experience where to go to the next reel, you swipe up, you know, it, it plays on loop. It's um it's with I auto, mean, with
1: auto with volume on. This is the f- the part of TikTok yeah. that I detest. <laughs> the worst thing that you could yeah. copy from TikTok, and they copied it.
0: I mean, even TikTok are trying to get rid of that now. Oh. So, but like they are really just going to copy to try and retain their um, their user base. But I thought it was really interesting that at the same time they brought in the um, they brought in shopping, and they're creating a little marketplace for brands to have like little shop windows. Yeah. So they already had the shopping feature where you could like tap the the image to show the prices of things and then go to the shop. And they had the, you know, shop straight through the app as we discussed in I think my first episode on the on the pod um, through ads. And now they're making it way easier to find your brands or or brands and serve your brands to buy directly through Instagram. So I thought those were two really interesting um, updates. Removing the, the uh, stories button to add to your stories felt very snapchat when they uh, when they updated and didn't tell anyone how to use the new um, you know the new app so yeah you, know, you could kind of figure it out and do some swiping around but yeah, yeah I, I, I I
1: figure they've probably done some studies uh, on, on on user behavior and that probably most people were not hitting that but like swiping across the screen anyway yeah uh, the thing that I really don't like about this update is um, I feel that they're essentially parking ads in a dedicated uh, tab at this point in addition to having yep. the ads be in your newsfeed which is really yeah. um really annoying and i was i, I i'm i sure that their algorithm is going to um be biased towards paid advertisers uh, versus just organically listing stores based on your behavior if uh yeah i'm not impressed with their reels algo uh, i keep seeing the same type of stuff that i don't I really want to see so I yeah right now um not impressed. Um, Too enthusiastic. Thumbs down. The,
0: the, the nice thing about it, though, is they've moved the stupid big reel that they were trying to get everyone to look at from your search, and now it's just a bunch of other stuff that you, they think you'll like, but you probably won't.
1: It's still, it's yeah, they still me. It's still there, but it's just smaller, less obnoxious. But uh, I'm not, I'm not a fan. It's just. But I yeah. think I'm not a fan of Instagram to begin with. So, um, you know, um. Instagram owned by Facebook. Uh, Facebook is a company that does a lot of things. Uh, none of those are known to be privacy centric. And uh, <laughs> that's my segue into our next topic, which is an Great interesting uh, ad campaign uh, that Mozilla launched um, around privacy not included, uh, which is basically there, you know, Mozilla is famous for, um, for being a browser that is centered around privacy, even though, <clears throat> their whole revenue model is based on selling uh, referral traffic to Google. But, you know, that's another topic for another time. Uh, they, they launched this campaign, Privacy Not Included. It's a buyer's guide for connected products. Um, so basically, they take a look at some of the most popular products that people, I think, are considering for, you know, holiday shopping. And they're ranking it based on how privacy-centric they are. Um, and it was interesting to see, um, at least according to Mozilla, which uh, which of the products that we usually um, buy are and aren't uh, privacy-centric. It's not surprising that most of what Facebook puts out there in terms of their hardware, the Facebook portal, that Oculus VR yeah. headset at the very bottom in terms of um, privacy considerations. Um, also, there are some products from Amazon and, or most of the products from Amazon and also from Google. Um, so it's not surprising to me that companies that trade on consumer data um, have built hardware that harvests more of it and that oh, doesn't really weird. offer you any sort of protection. On the flip side, companies like Nintendo, Sonos, um, and um, and a few others, they seem to be a lot more uh, privacy-oriented. Interesting on that list, Microsoft and their hardware is near mm-hmm. the top. Uh, so you can start um, seeing kind of who, who, who ranks where. Um, so I don't know if uh, any of the products that you were looking to buy for uh, yourself for this holiday season ended up being on the naughty list. Uh all but- of them? All of them? All
0: the products. Yep. All Did the all the products that so- I was looking at and bought are at the bottom of the privacy list. So I imagine
1: you're <laughs> rushing back to return them, correct? Because privacy is of utmost concern for you.
0: Yes. No. No. I'm not doing that. Said
1: every consumer ever.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I just, I, I mean, like I, I like your comparison of the, the, the companies that build products, whether they're, you know, digital products or hardware, that harvest data to generate revenue, are the ones that are building hardware to, you know, generate revenue. So not only they're making money from the, the products that they sell. Or they're selling them at a loss, like all of the Alexas that get, you know, get flogged out and the Google Homes that they gave out for free. Um, but the ones that are building products because they build products like Nintendo and, um, and Sonos, they, they were hardware companies that were building products. They care about privacy. You know, it's, it's or they, not surprising. Or, or, they don't,
1: or they don't monetize users. So they don't yeah. care about that yeah. part.
0: Yeah. And like the Sonos is, is you buy and you spend, you know, a decent amount of money to, to get that speaker and they're not making money from your data. Um, so yeah, it's just really interesting. And then like, of course, Amazon is, you know, they, they're buying all of the, the hardware companies that existed before, um, like Eero and ring, and then now making, you know, like you said, they're monetizing the data. So I've got my Eero connected to my ring, um, connected to the echo that they gave me for free, um, echo show even even more um and of course i'm gonna you know lose all my data through that so yeah. but then yeah what are the what are the competitors for that are they good mesh networks that you can get are there other easy to use security systems that are relatively affordable
1: uh google It's the trade-off but that's the same thing google uh, <laughs> yeah you know and I, th- I think that's the thing like what is that data used for and you know the there's a lot of argument that regardless uh, regardless of what it's used for, they shouldn't be just vacuuming it up. But at the end of the day, um, I use Google Maps and I I enjoy all of the integrations that I get, um, that it Mm -hmm. knows where I kind of wanna go and gives me advice at this point. I mean, I I feel like there is some consumer benefit there, um, but it is is a little worrying that um, we're basically selling our data wholesale um, in exchange for some cheap hardware.
0: Yeah. Well, i mean the hardware gives you the internet and, and keeps you you know safe through the security system so like there's it's not like you're just buying like the alexa to just like over up all of your data
1: yeah i mean we should have uh maybe we'll invite snowden onto our one of our episodes and he'll tell us a few things we don't know
0: yeah that'd be i, I, I we can arrange that i'm sure should yeah. be too hard
1: um speaking um, of um backing up data and security concerns that was the whole uh big to do a few months ago with TikTok. do you remember that when they were about to shut down TikTok, trump was we did a many
0: episodes war. on the gift they kept on giving and the the daily updates from the white house about how TikTok we're gonna you know they are the enemy and they can't have our data and now we have to have u.s even though we're all in the u.s already and we hash this like rehash this many times but there's a new there's a new twist right gorsha
1: what uh yeah um the government basically threw through in the towel. Uh, officially they delayed uh delayed the ban the ban was um supposed to take place 3 days ago that was the extension yep. that they were given um if we remember correctly um a conglomerate basically a combination of uh was oracle and uh walmart, walmart. ended up yeah. um, having a limited stake in um in tiktok which did not satisfy the Original requirements that I think the government pushed out for total ownership, but uh, nevertheless uh, they delayed this, and um, it looks like given the outcome of the election, it's it's dead in the water. That ban is not going to happen unless the Biden administration decides to um, revisit this, this topic. So for now, it seems like um, a lot of a lot of lawyers and lobbyists got really wealthy, really, and then really nothing, wealthy. and then nothing happened.
0: So, so TikTok don't have to sell that, sell a stake. So, Oracle don't aren't actually going to own anything now.
1: Well, it's that's that's sort of like the, the the limbo that it's in. It's it agreed to it agreed to whatever it agreed to, which was somewhat of like a, a somewhat limited partnership with Oracle and Walmart, where I don't yeah. think they were selling their AI, their algorithm. No behind their recommendation engine, which is the most valuable part of TikTok. I mean, arguably you could say the audience is, but you know, the two are probably symbiotic. Um, so yeah, so it's um it's no longer deemed a priority for the for the administration, which, you know, I feel like the way that this uh, thing has been going and sort of fits is representative of many of the policies that we've been <laughs> witnessing on that front. Um, so not so not super surprised there. I think it would have been a lot more surprising if post election they decided to um pursue this with the same vigor that they had before
0: wild that's wild um so in terms of one fire sale to another fire sale i got an email today from uh article the very expensive furniture company and they said um alex black friday sale is here up to 50 percent off and i was like hey that sounds pretty good up to 50% off on some monocle stuff, that's usually pretty expensive. Maybe I can get some good stuff on uh,
1: like get a, couch, on a discount. Like get a couch for five grand instead of 10 grand, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. You know, <laughs> maybe I can get a cushion for 600 bucks instead of 1200 bucks. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go check this out. I bought, I bought a side table there. It was like 200 bucks. I like it. I'm not super proud of my purchase, but I like it. Um I was like, maybe I can get a matching one for half of that and you know average out at you know less than less than full price. Mm-hmm. And I was scrolling through and I was like going through and and I was like, okay, these these are basically like ten dollars off, twenty dollars off, twenty, twenty fifty, twenty, ten, twenty, twenty. Uh and I went through every, I was like, this is ridiculous. And I went off through of, off of things,
1: things that are like hundreds of dollars.
0: Yeah. So it was like you know, the there was a lamp which was on for like 339 and was now three nineteen or three oh nine or something. And I'm like, this is this is like this is hundreds of bucks, and you want me to pay 10 dollars less. And that's like the cost, if if the cost of shipping. And I got really annoyed because I'm sure, and I think I found it, and it was like a it was a cushion or a stool or something for for 45% off that uh-huh. no one was gonna buy, but because it was grouped in. With this, with the sale, they could say up to 50% off, and one thing was up to 50% off, and the rest of it was at like five or 10% off. Maximum. So annoying, and I'm so annoyed that they thought, or well, like it, it's like it just feels like really bad marketing. Like, someone was like, Hey, you know what, I can do, I can get more more traffic to the website sale page if that's the KPI which definitely sounds like it is, Or we'll get more email opens if I just gimmick it and then just like get everyone to go there and have no one buy anything because it's only $20 off so I just it's just like if you're going to play the sale game actually have a sale don't just like you know or do what Apple do or do what Rolex do and is don't have sales ever because if you're going to discount five ten percent like you're just looking like an idiot. We kind of went through this with um with the customer experience podcast we did with Ty. Right. And it was like, you know, don't like don't be a dick about it and like give people the things that they want or things that are going to make them happy with your brand. And this was just like I no, I don't want to buy anything from these guys now because it just feels like they're just trying to rip people off even more so than they are.
1: It's yeah. It's interesting. You know, they, uh, I have never bought anything from them. Their prices make them feel or come across as a really premium brand that could probably get away with not having sales, mm-hmm. but they don't feel like they can get away with not having sales. So they're having a half-assed sale, 5%, um, yeah. 10% off, but they don't feel like they know that it's not compelling enough. So yeah. then they have to do some gimmicky thing, like announcing a 50% off sale and only having one item that- they won't get sued over uh to, yeah. to say that it's just over like that's just treating consumers as dumb sheep. It's um I feel like it's something that stores used to do in the past with like the Black Friday craziness when they would have like these door busters and they would have t- like flat screen TVs for $199, but there would be like 20 of them and people would die on the way to yeah. uh to the aisle. Mm-hmm. Like I think we're past that. Maybe we're not, but I think we're past that at the price point in which article competes.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they're going to sell stuff for like 50% off for a limited time, like Mr. Porter does a sale and you can get stuff for 70% off and they're a premium brand. Like everything on there is, you know, latest season clothes. It's very expensive, but then you can go there and you can shop for, you know, four to six weeks, a lot of, a lot, and a lot of like product and it's, on a serious discount and they do it twice a year and yeah. no sales in between that. And it feels like someone was like, Oh, we need to get into this, you know, black Friday sale. Everyone's doing it. We're losing customers for, for, for not doing it. We should do it. And then they've said, well, we can't actually discount it. Cause that'll ruin the brand image. And you know, our product is really expensive. So we don't really want to discount it at all. It's like, let's do it, but let's like not do it properly and see if people realize like it's a super mixed know, message,
1: super mixed 20 message
0: bucks off a, of $300 product is not like that's, that's not so, going to do anything for you.
1: It's not even sales tax. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's not even sales tax. It's not even shipping. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, speaking of buying, um, buying things for a, extremely high prices, uh, Nestle just bought freshly, um, for $950 million this month. Um, so this is, uh, as, uh, this move comes as prepared, Meals industry is growing rapidly. I imagine that is something to do with um, everyone being at home all the time. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk about this from, from two points. Uh, one in that the prepared meals in the US seems like a very different ball game than it is in London. And you know, from both of us having lived in the UK, the Tesco meal deal, the Marks and Spencer's meal deal, you know, the Sainsbury's meal deal, Um, For anyone who isn't from or has been to the UK, this is basically where you can buy like prepared meals in the supermarket, in like the, in the fridge section, it's not the frozen section. And you can get like a starter, a main course, a dessert and a bottle of wine for like 10 pounds. And prepared meals in the UK is very much like a normal thing. You go pick up a pack, kind of like the Trader Joe's prepared meals um yeah. in the frozen section and sort of in the fridge section. But you can get everything like pies to curries to pizzas and it's all chilled rather than frozen. And it feels very much like a normal thing to do. And when I came here, I I saw there was basically if you wanted a prepared meal, it's in the frozen mm-hmm. section and you get laughed at when you go there because it's like not a real meal. It's like a lean lean meal or it's a sort of
1: like or it's the, the opposite of <laughs> that
0: yeah it's like it's either like really bad or it's like trying to be healthy and it's like where you go to get your healthy you know pre-prepared like pre-packaged all that like um meals and i didn't i I don't understand that and you know you being from you know the us and having spent some time in london what do you think is the main difference in that in terms of the uh the prepared meal brand because the uk seems to be very happy with it and here it seems to be like a frowned upon thing
1: you know, I I I don't know. You've brought this up to me before. It's it's I don't I don't have an answer to this. I mean, I'm sure it's just history and culture. Uh, I mean, America is a invented fast food um, and all sorts of variations of fast food. I think it sort of skipped the the healthy part of it and went straight into junk. Um, I do I I do enjoy the meal deals in the UK. Yeah, I, when I lived there, um, you know, for lunch you could skip skip out of work and go and get um, a meal deal for £3.50 at Tesco, which is, you know, a sandwich, a bag of chips yeah. and, a, and, a, and a drink, um, or you could upgrade a little bit and, you know, for five or less get something more substantial. Uh, what you're talking about is obviously like more of a dinner type of thing. Um, that does not exist yeah. here. I feel like there have been some attempts by uh, Whole Foods Amazon to introduce, but you still have to cook them. Like where you buy the yeah. bo- the boxes at the whole food store, where they have you know two servings of, of a dinner, but they're like twenty bucks, and it's meant for people to get uh, get around the kitchen, uh, stove yeah. and, and cook it. Um, I know this is something we're gonna touch on, but um, yeah, the whole prepared pre prepared ready meal in the U.S. thing has never been um, has never been uh, a part of our life. in In New York, maybe a little bit more because people in New York are more on the go. And so you could get an equivalent of that. Like there is a Pret in New York. Uh, you, can, you can get yeah. an equivalent of, of that for um, you know 10 bucks or less uh, when you're talking about lunch, but not for dinners. People here uh, seem to adopt more of this like meals you cook that you order in a box and you cook. So like HelloFresh, Blue Apron. I first tried HelloFresh in London uh, that's, uh, that's where we got introduced to it with my wife. And, uh, it was an interesting concept. You get, you know, you order the uh, the, the meals you want, and they ship them to you once a week. And then you have them for three, for three meals and you cook different things. Um, that seemed to take off a little bit better here, but, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you feel like, uh, this, the time is now for services like freshly to multiply or if it's, um, or if it's not going to be a thing.
0: I don't, I don't know. I mean, I like, I like the concept. I mean, but it's still like, it's still delivering food to you from somewhere else and you can't just like go pick up a you know, little slidey tray of, of your favorite, you know, lasagna or curry or whatever it is. Um, and I don't, I don't know, I feel like people would really, really dig it over here because it seems like a something that, you know, you go home, turn the oven on, pop it in 20 minutes later, you've got a, you know, you got dinner. Um but yeah, I just don't get it. And like and like you said, pret, you know, sandwich places, cheap lunch places. And we've we've had this discussion many times. Yes. But like the the cheap lunch options do not exist here, or especially in the places where I've been in San Francisco, LA, and I don't know. Yeah,
1: the West Coast that. is completely deprived. Your basic lunch is like 15 bucks, which is insane. Yeah,
0: minimum. Minimum. It's 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 mental. Um, but even in, even Pret in London is like, you can get a sandwich for like less than five pounds and here you got a Pret. It's like everything is eight, $9. It's still the same price. Like why is a sandwich $10? I don't get it. Why? What is it? What is you know,
1: it? I also, I also wonder like the grocery store in the U S, um, is more of like you sit, get in your car, you drive to it, you buy a bunch of groceries for the week. You go and stuff your huge pantry with those groceries. And like, it's a one, a once a week type, type of thing. In the uk um i feel like at least for half of the country a grocery run is a multi like you do it multiple times a week because you um aren't reliant on cars as much and you know the ways the way the cities are configured is um is is very different uh with less of like a focus on suburbia so i wonder if these meal deals are actually loss leaders like for people to draw people into the stores and they buy the meal deal for you know, ten pounds, but then they buy you know they pick up a bottle of wine and like they pick up something else, and so the the store rationalizes this by saying, "Hey, I'm going to draw you in three times a week for your dinner, and I'm going to do my best to get another twenty pounds out of you because you're going to buy these additional things, maybe for your breakfast or maybe for your weekend, and that could be uh, something that drives that dynamic, which doesn't quite happen here."
0: Hundred percent on on it's a loss leader because there's no way they're making money on 10 pounds for all of that. But at the same time, people are still wanting to spend 10 pounds on it. Whereas if here, they don't seem to have the same appetite for it. Uh Let's see what I did there. (laughs) No, but but I think people, even if you had that, I don't think it would be as, um, as popular for one driving in store or two sales because people don't see you know, fresh, fresh, you know, chilled, prepared meals as a viable food option. Um, But, but on what you were talking about before in terms of Blue Apron specifically, they had a huge surge in business um, during the pandemic. I think it was Q2, Q1 or Q2, Q3, but then they're now experiencing a downward trend. So they were trying to sell themselves um, to anyone who would give them money Um, and then they stopped that when they had a mega to q2 um you know like problem solved with coronavirus everything is going great again um but they're now going they're now going back down again so it feels like you know they haven't quite figured out how to do it i don't know if it's the price point i don't know if it's the food i haven't actually bought it and because for me i I don't i don't want it i like i love cooking i love preparing everything and chopping and doing all of that so not having to do that is you know a downside for me but yeah it seems like even even that hasn't quite taken off yet but i feel like freshly kind of takes the del- food sort of delivery um not like food delivery but taking ordering food and getting it shipped to you you get it it's in your fridge and then you just like pop it in the oven um whereas blue apron is kind of like more Labor steps, intensive and it's yeah of- yeah labor intensive you know if you want to get all that stuff you just go to the supermarket when you want it
1: yeah yeah these services the blue aprons and uh, hello Freshes of the world they have really like they experienced um, an initial uptick years ago when they were introduced and um say for the covid uh spike uh i think they're they're going to find themselves out of favor um and because we're almost out of time, but I do want to touch on this um, on this one topic that we have saved up for this pod um, pod. It's oh, uh, the HomePod from uh, Apple. Um, it's um, it's it's mini version. Uh, its mini version is now available to buy. Um, let's just remember that the um, big boy HomePod was a dud. Um, no one really wanted to buy it. Um, it was way more expensive than the equivalent smart speakers from uh, previously discussed brands, Amazon, Google, um, this one's getting favorable reviews, but what do you think of this? I mean, is this going to be, um, is this going to be a game changer for Apple to be like a device in people's bedrooms and living rooms, or is it just going to be another, another dud?
0: I, I don't know. It's $99. So it's more expensive than the, um, than the free
1: yeah, the, Alexis that Amazon keeps throwing at everyone.
0: <laughs> than, yeah. Than the free electors and the free Google at home pod. Um, but it seems to, it seems to I mean it's Apple. So it's got better design. It's got better um, materials. Um, from what I've seen, the speaker looks better. It's so got like some, it, some it's, privacy. It's got so I mean, I mean, based on all of Apple's latest ads, it's got loads of privacy. Some cool thing, that, some cool feature I found um. Amazon now tells you when your passwords have been leaked. um, And it also tells you how secure they are. So if one of your passwords and emails has been leaked, then it tells you all of the other ones that are associated with it, with all of the websites you have saved and says, do you want to change these? Here you go, change them. And I thought that was really cool because how like other, other than, you know, buying a report or trying to figure out, like which passwords have been leaked and which on which websites, it's basically impossible. You just have to like hope that no one just steals your identity. And I thought that was a really, really cool feature. Anyway, back to the HomePod. Um, I thought this was really interesting. I was very tempted to buy one because, you know, like more privacy, it, it looks better. The sound in theory is better, but I don't really see how it is better. You know, like I don't get... If you have a sonos or you have a bluetooth speaker i don't know if it's going to be better it says it's going to have spotify um connectivity through their home kit but that's only if spotify wants to invest in home kit so it's not going to have an automatic hmm. um so like alexa always tries to play amazon music first unless you tell it to play it from spotify i imagine they're going to be like hey do you want to play that from apple music and yo you'd have an apple music subscription do you want to have that I'm like no siri go away hmm. um but, I, but you also have Siri on your computer, you have Siri on your phone. It's so like you already have that assistant. So I don't know necessarily what it's going to do because if it doesn't connect to like the Spotify or your Ring system or your Google Maps, like all the things that you use from all of the different companies, um, like it's not going to tell you how far it is to get to the office with the current traffic. Um, you're going to have to try and make it work with Spotify and like Sonos does that already pretty well. So I, 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 don't know, I'm kind of tempted to buy one because it's from Apple and it'll connect to your phone pretty easily, but I don't know. I don't have a, really have a use case where I'd actually need one.
1: Uh, same here. I, I have everything I have is, is made by Apple, my computer, my tablet, my phone, mm-hmm. my watch, Um, and I just don't see how this thing fits into the rest of my life because, um, I don't need my smart speaker to do everything for me. Basically, I wanted to set a good quality timer, uh, for when I'm roasting chicken and then play some music from Spotify because I refuse to switch to Apple music because I refuse to (laughs) give Apple any more of my money and that's it. And if I can't get those two things done easily, I don't need you. Um, yeah. And I feel like I can get those two things done easily with Amazon and Google um, with their much cheaper speakers. And frankly, I don't really care how they look because they're tiny and they usually sit on dirty surfaces. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 you know I think Apple is just late to this game. I think they've lost the lead, and at this point, everyone and their you know everyone's been gifting and has been gifted one of these things over the last few holiday seasons. Yeah. Going to want to gift or receive an apple mini speaker at this point
0: yeah because like i when they launched the the big home pod and it was like it was a speaker first and then an assistant second it made sense like you wanted for people who wanted a speaker from apple that's what you were going to get no no one bought it because they couldn't figure out themselves whether it was a speaker or not right so i don't really know what this is going to do i can't i cannot think about what it is other than You know, hey Siri set a timer for 10 minutes. Oh wait, no, stop it, Siri. (laughs) Uh, And no, no. All right. Um, and you know, like 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 you, I have my iPad, I've got my iPhone, I've got the Mac, um, the MacBook. And I just don't know where it fits in with that. I don't know what what thing I need. And even the advertising or even their, you know, their webpage hasn't told me why i need it and if you're not going to tell me why i need it i'm going to figure it out on my own
1: well i think apple's got some work to do on the home audio front that that we know for sure um i think this is a wrap uh we've discussed um, a few interesting topics and i look forward to talking to you again next week man
0: yeah definitely
1: all right